The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast, Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Taz Show, where on every episode of the show, I am determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. Joining me today is Robin Spiesman. Robin is the author of Loving Out Loud. She's an award-winning New York Times bestselling author and popular keynote speaker who has appeared in the media for over three decades, including NBC's Today Show, more than 30 times. She lives in Atlanta, my hometown, and you can visit her at robinspeisman.com. Welcome to the show, Robin. Thank you. It's so nice to finally see you in person, kind of, kind of. I know, right, exactly. And we were sharing stories for everybody out there listening, and we literally, I grew up in Sandy Springs, which is an area right side of Atlanta. Robin is from Sandy Springs. We have lots of overlap here. She's a neighbor, essentially, that I'm finally getting to meet now in the podcast. So Robin, you are the author of Loving Out Loud, The Power of a Kind Word. What motivated you to write this book? You've had a fabulous career. You've had lots of experience. Tell us what motivated you to write this particular book. Well, I think it was love and then it was also grief. So there are kind of two sides of the coin. I lost my beloved parents over the past few years and missed them deeply. And I even said when I did my mother's eulogy, um, if anyone sees me and I cry, even at the mention of, of them, I've said, you know, it's just I'm giving a voice to how deeply I loved them. And they loved me out loud. As a child, I knew it. I was reinforced and made a big difference in my life. And I recognize that in grieving, when we when we are loved or we have a loss and we pour that love into others, we get so much from the giving, from the loving. And it's not love in the romantic sense of the word. It was love in the sense of really feeling a deep bond with friends and family members and letting them know you treasure and adore them and how special it is to end a phone call with a best friend and just say, I love you. And to be able to express it where it's not, it's not awkward. And so loving out loud the kind of became my mantra, if you will. And then it was also because of love. I remarried a wonderful gentleman almost died years ago. And, and he's a man of a few words and he married a woman of a lot of words. And so he said, <laughs> what do you that. want, sweetheart, for Valentine's Day on our very first Valentine's Day? I've reported on gift giving for 35 years. And it's like, and I thought to myself, but what really matters? And I said, how about every morning, say something nice to me. And that would be awesome. And so he started saying, he said to me, how about good morning, beautiful? And I said, that works for me. And every morning now he says, good morning, beautiful. And it might be a post-it note by my coffee cup or four o'clock in the afternoon. It might be GMB, three initials texted to me. But it's just a reminder that we're connected. And, and it's a profound way to live when you love. It, it's just it's it's free and fabulous and it, it requires um it requires taking a risk to be able to share your feelings which is something i believe in do you think many of us are not loving out loud anymore do you think we have used technology to create separation whereas we could maybe create use it to create a stronger bond what do you think is happening now mm. that maybe your parents would say or they would tell me as a parent, you know, tell me what you think. 
Well, I, I believe that we're emoting in, in rapid fire emoticons. I can send you a smiley face and you're going to know, I think, um, happy thoughts right now. I might send you a thumbs up. We have loads of choices, like thousands of choices. But you can't put a happy face in your heart and you can't replay a happy face or a thumbs up. But what you can do is if I tell you that I noticed something you did special or kind or wonderful, whether we're close or whether you're a stranger, and I thank you because I noticed what a good job you're doing, carefully checking the, you know, the receipt as I check out of the grocery store. I think the, the difference is when we thoughtfully emote and we don't resist a kind thought and we put it out there, someone gets a gift. And that gift they might replay um, in their own minds. And I think that resetting our thoughts in a positive way, it's a very productive way to live. It's a, it's a gentler way to live, a calmer way to live. How have you seen that power of a kind word, the power of a good thought? How have you seen that play out in other ways that you may not expect? It has nothing to do with maybe the relationship, but it plays out in a different way. What have you seen? Uh, well, if I start my day and I look in the mirror and I say, Robin, you look exhausted. You know, go back to sleep or, <laughs> you know, you, you really need a makeover or this or that. Then those thoughts start almost predisposing my day towards something not as positive. And maybe my energy affects someone else. And it's kind of this thing that happens. You know how you, you trip and fall, you break something, and then the day gets off on the wrong foot, and then kind of a, a calamity the rest of the day. And it's hard to kind of reset yourself. So I think that this entire mission of mine is awareness. I, I, I live it and breathe it, and believe me, um, today was a difficult day. I missed an appointment. I, I was a little bit ruffled. It happens to us all because we're doing too many things at once. And we get these messages and they come in difficult lessons, right? Mm -hmm. But if we really um, focus on starting our day off with giving ourselves, good morning, Robin, you've got this. Hang in there one day at a time and start giving oneself messages that lift us up and then we take a deep breath and we think about the way we'd like today to go or an important conversation, you know, how it's going to turn out. We start really in, intentionally thinking about the manner in which we interact with the world, our pets, our children, our family members, even, even a robocaller who calls and you're angry, like... <laughs> You're giving so much energy to this person on the phone that might not even be a person. It could be a robot. I, I think that we just have to start and say, okay, I didn't get today right. I, I blew it. Tomorrow's a new day. Why do you think so, much, so many of us are wired for negativity? You know, I've spent mm -hmm. a lot of time working on it just on my own brain and trying to flip it and trying to flip a negative thought. And it's hard work. This is not like, oh, just change your thought. It's so easy. It's, it's, it's work. It Why do you think that it's wired that way? Why is it so hard to change it? Well, you're, first of all, your awareness of that is brilliant because the truth is it is hard. If it was easy, this is not necessarily Pollyanna or right. rose-colored glasses. This is work. Loving out loud, the power of a kind word sounds like, oh, I'm going to just be a cheerleader and, you know, go love everyone and, and be so nice and kind. And 
Right. All that is true in a way. But, but the reality is everyone has a story. Your story might be one of great challenge or difficulty. Maybe you were brought up with enormous negativity and, and challenges that go far beyond challenges a book can solve. And what happens is we start habitually thinking the same thoughts. Some people think positive thoughts. Some people think negative thoughts. Some of us do both. But when negative starts overpowering the positive, it's the quality of one's life. I mean, we have this beautiful, precious, amazing, wonderful life. And look what we feed it with our minds. So I think that some of the individuals I've interviewed, and I've interviewed hundreds of individuals in this book, from, from therapists to psychologists, psychiatrists, experts, marriage counselors, there's an a, a amazing array of insights into how do you create a life well-lived. Right. And all these individuals really talk about if you are prone to the negative, you have to start somewhere. So let me give you an assignment. One of the assignments is notice what someone is doing right. Doesn't matter who it is, might even be you, but mm -hmm. what is going right? So that doesn't mean make a list of every blessing you have. And, and I'm not saying conjure up this gigantic shift in your life. I'm just saying, if you're going to make the shift to think more positively, you have to be positive in an affirmation of acknowledging something that's going correctly, well, kindly, nice, and then be aware of it. Notice it out loud. Sometimes people just have to think it like, oh, I really like what she's wearing today. Right. And then that might be really hard and awkward for someone who's introverted to say. So if you notice something and you say something, then that's one way to begin shifting your thoughts. Because what happens is if I say to you, you know, I, I really love the pink chair you're sitting in. That was, I had to be it's very intentional. <laughs> yes, it was very intentional and, and you look great. And, and then Thank you. that makes you make, you smiled and then that made me feel good. And it's this little ripple we can begin with just paying attention to little things around us that become big things. So I think it's an exercise. And just like every exercise, practice, practice, practice. practice. And practice. example, you know, example, so, example. I know. So, you know, I wanted to pull so much information out of you. Like, I'm a boss. I'm a mom. I'm oh. a wife. I'm a friend and a sister and all these other roles that we play. And as somebody who's type A and very prone to perfectionism, often it's very easy to fixate on what's wrong, right? What's not a hundred percent yet. What's not perfect yet. So right. how does somebody like me love out loud? I want my children to say what you just said about your parents, you know, like you felt loved out loud. How does a parent do that? How does a boss do that? How does a, how does a spouse do that? Maybe break it down for everybody out there listening. And I know you guys have children and partners and you're super women and you're running everywhere. Help break it down for them. Okay. So when I was writing Loving Out Loud, I said to myself, I've written dozens of books and the world did not need another book from Robin Spiesman. I said, so if I'm really going to write something, can it change the manner in which one person in their corner of the world lives and parents? There's a chapter on raising kinder children. I think it's my favorite chapter 
while there's one on bosses and work and relationships and love and friendships. But the one on children's, it really talks about how to be a kinder finder. And so what happens is a child's job is to have fun. If you make it fun, they're going to follow. Your example, example, example becomes what they model. But the bottom line is if you're always saying, hurry, we got to go, rush, it's we're late, you know, get dressed, where's this, where's that? You're setting a tone in your household that's going to program a child to kind of speed up a little bit. And it's hard to slow down and smell the roses and notice a kind thought if you're in a hurry. So the first thing I want to say is look at the household, if you will, temperature. Is it calm? Is it, is it, uh, do you have a little quiet time now and then? Do you read? Do you have an I love you library like I do where when my grandchildren come over and we take one book at a time and we love the pages. We don't rip them. We don't color on them. We turn them gently because we want the book to be, you know, loved and appreciated. And then we put it back in the closet. And if it's an I love you book, we might read it again. So that would be a lot of fun to look forward to. But if you allow kids to just abuse toys and throw them everywhere and, and not take care of them and what's new and what's next, and right. it's always um, what'd you get me, you know, in the gimmies, I think we're creating a world that's very dependent on instant gratification. So my yeah. suggestion is when my daughter was three years old, I appointed her the CEO of the thank you company, a pretend family company. And everywhere we went, her job was to hire all the nice people. And until she was seven or eight, we'd look at each other and she'd give me a thumbs up and said, she's hired. But she would tell the person, I want to hire you for my thank you company. And the grin on their faces was gigantic because here's this child hiring them for this company called the thank you company where people who do good, kind, you know, positive things in this world can go to work and be noticed by a child. So she grew up not only enjoying noticing what work ethic means and what a good job means, but she learned the basic concept of helping someone. And when we help another person, wow, that's a good day and a great thought. And my heart smiles. So my five-year-old grandson said to me, your heart can't smile. I said, oh, yes, it can. And I said, you know how to make it smile. You hold the key. So every time now I see him, he says, I know your heart's smiling. And I go, yes, (laughs) and yours is too. I can see it. So I just think that when we relate to each other. Because so many of us as mothers are just running, right? Especially super women moms, right? Like you're juggling and everything's in a rush and everything's in a hurry. And it's kind of hard to keep all the plates spinning and up in the air. So it's very easy to forget what you just said, that a child's primary job is to have fun. And so education should be fun. You know, I think that play should be fun. Their activity should be fun. You know, it's sort of though almost in contradiction to the way we live or lead our children today, where they're signed up for a million different activities. What's your advice to parents about some of that? Like the fun is taken away by the busyness and the overscheduling and all that other stuff. 
So Robin, you know, I told you I'm guilty of being one of those moms that we're often overscheduled, we're running around, and I'll get into that, like, come on, let's let's get going. What's your advice to moms like me of of how to love out loud in an overscheduled, really competitive world? What would you tell us to do? First, I, I want to think about the quality time that you're having. Um, so you're in the car a lot, you know, carpool mom. You're you're so little traditions make these moments memorable. And it's, it's sometimes it's as simple as writing a little note, putting it in your child's lunchbox. And those are the things that are tried and true. But what I'm talking about is, is, is fun skill building. There's a lot of, um, if your child is working on the United States capitals or the numbers, I like to play I spy kindness and spy on, you know, instead of I spy whatever's out there, something green, you know, they already know their colors. So spy right. something awesome. What is awesome? The other thing is play the compliment game. This is something that you're sitting there, you're doing, you're driving. Okay, give your child a compliment. And let's, uh, what is your, your daughter or son's name? Rania. Okay. And so this is really perfect because then you can say, I just love it when you say thank you to mom when you get out of the car. And then she's, it's her turn to give a compliment. Well, I love it, you, mommy, when you take me to the mall. And then you might say, well, I love it when you say goodnight and hug me tight. And then it's her turn. And you go back and forth and back and forth like ping pong. And so it just becomes a challenge. And you're, what, what you're doing is teaching your child how to love out loud. And in the book, Loving Out Loud, Power of a Kind Word, I suggest there's so many ways to love out loud creatively, through baking, singing, dancing, gardening, things mm -hmm. you share with a child, a virtual book club if your family is scattered out. But there's one family right now and they're all reading Loving Out Loud, The Power of a Kind Word, and they're gonna get back together and each person's gonna give a suggestion mm, for a kinder family. So you grow kindness and you grow as a mom. These moments with your child are, are magical or they are chaotic. Mm -hmm. Which one? You know, it's kind of like it's an easy thing to do. It's very hard, though, when you're racing to get places. So I really like the idea of, you know, if everyone stops for a hug and put one of your kids in charge of hugging and, then, you know, they can be the hug in the middle. They can be it's an Oreo hug where they're in the middle and you just squish them, both of you. You know, it's like so I think the fun is to create memories and look yes. at your life right now and say, what's magical about me as a mom? Mm -hmm. Like I, I invent things like games. I'm like the arts and crafts mom, but everybody has something different. Maybe you're the piano playing mom and playing chopsticks is what you do best as a mom, or maybe you're just the best baker. My daughter at the age of seven, I made mandatory. She learned how to make a bunt cake. Mm -hmm. So whenever there someone was sick or ill or there was a death or there was a whatever it was, Allie made the best lemon bunt cake. She picked the flavor. She baked the cake. We got her little labels and made it on the you know computer baked by Allie with love. And she felt so proud to bring that cake at moments. And she was taught how to cheer people up. Wow. So isn't empathy something maybe we can share in little ways, but on the go, um, 
don't forget to hold hands. Don't forget to um, end your day with I love you. It's really about going back to having fun again and giving up stress because stress is a part of our lives. And we grow stress very well. Like we we know how to do that beautifully, but we have to de-stress. We have to take a deep breath and remind our children what it means to relax and to notice like your your fingertips and toes and and have a moment. But if we don't do that moment with them, how are they going to ever learn it? You know, it's so interesting. I'm in such a midpoint with my children. They're 10 and 12. And I know that I have X amount of time to create magic and to create memories. And I'm very much like I look around the house and look at our time and I'm like, I want it to be magical now. I'm sort of flipped a little bit in in terms of what I want for them because I want them to have those memories of their childhood. What about our spouses and our loved ones? I am gifted with an amazing husband, it sounds like you are as well. How do we show those amazing people how much we value and appreciate them? Well, this is the first thing to do. Listen to yourself. Because we might think we're projecting this positive, loving, kind person. But if you listen to your tone of voice and the manner in which you respond perhaps it's not so easy to be around you. Mm. So I look at myself very deeply and, I, and I, I try to reset. Even if I'm having a stressed day, is that what I want to bring to my husband when he walks in the door? I walk in the door. So when he walks in the door, I make it a rule to get up and greet him. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter what I'm doing unless it's like, I don't want to, you know, set the, the you know house on fire or anything like a boiling right. and, and, you know, don't, you know, it's eyes on everything. But it's welcoming home, him home. He's my favorite person that's going to walk in that door right now that I'm married to. And how do I make him feel? And I think about that. So I think about, have I done everything on my to-do list or have I acknowledged my to-love list? So we have to start thinking, yes, we have to take the to-do list and say, okay, I got a lot of those things done. What about the to-love list? Mm. And that's with you and your kids. The to love list. Talk to your kids. What do you love to do together? Might be going to Baskin Robbins Rice Cream, yeah. but wherever <laughs> it is in <laughs> Sandy Springs, right? Yes. You know. Yeah. So um, we were talking about that before, but make memories. And by the way, where's their happy place? You know, where is it? It could be on a football field. It could be at the mall. It could be, you know, in an ice cream store. Think of no when you really know your significant other. You, you have date nights. I told my husband, I'm, I'm going to be dated forever. We're dating mm-hmm. forever. But that takes an intention. Um, yes. That takes saying, here's how I love to be loved. I'm out loud. And, and his is quieter and, and, and gentler. You know, and we, we all have different styles. It does not make me right and him wrong or him right and me wrong. But ask, do not be concerned about sharing how you wish to be loved if you don't hear I love you. I spoke to a woman today and um, her husband of 35 years, 35, um, and really doesn't say I love you. And she mm-hmm. said it, it just, it, it really hurts her. And I said, well, what have you done about it? She said, well, I just tell him I wish he'd say I love you. And the way she told me, I thought, 
if you want someone to change, you have to be the change first. So how do you the say I love that you want to see? I love that. I be love the that. first. Go first. This is such great advice for me as a mom, for everybody out there listening today. What is the one thing before we leave you that you would tell or you wish that everyone would do in their process of loving out loud? Okay. I think it's showing up. I think that when we really give thought to that to love list, how do you show up in other people's lives? Are you so busy you forget big moments or their hard moments? If someone's going through a difficult time, do you think they're too busy and you don't want to bother them? The reality is um, showing up is the only way to lift someone up. Mm. And loving out loud, the power of a kind word is filled with ways. The forward was written by Donna Markova, PhD, who wrote Random Acts of Kindness and has named this book a random act of kindness. So perhaps you start making your family mission this holiday season next year, 2020. That's pretty yes. cool. 2020 yeah. vision. Uh-huh. Make vision a vision of love, of loving out loud. And everybody can join in in their own special way and figure it out. Oh, amazing words. I can't top that. 2020, the year of vision. The vision is loving out loud. Robin, thank you for joining us. The book is Loving Out Loud, The Power of a Kind Word. If anyone wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, robinspeisman.com um, is, is the best way. And of course, I'm online. It's easy, I'm easy to find. And uh, I just hope that people will gift this book. Um, the, the proceeds that I earn are going to be given to charitable causes, to do good in this world, to mm. kind places. I, I'm more interested in the mission of love. And um, if you see me out and about, say hello. I love it. I hope I get to meet you in person. For everybody else, thank you for joining this episode of Superwoman Wellness, where in every episode, we're determined to make you superpowered. Remember, you can rate and review this episode, and it's on Spotify as well. I will see you guys next time.